The songs remind us how rich and how blessed we are to be in Christ Jesus. The songs also remind us of how we need to be constantly aware of the life that we live, understanding the dangers that we have, the dangers that we face, of how quickly things can change if we're not careful. We've been blessed here at the downtown congregation with being involved in a number of good works. Some of that good works is David and Paula Tarbett, who are with us this evening, and the works that they do up in Connecticut. If you have not, they have several brochures that they put out uh, for the work in uh, Connecticut and the White Rock Fund. They're They're in the back. They're available for you to pick up and to read through as well. We're grateful for the constant reminders that we have available to us down through the time. If you haven't picked up a spiritual sword, please do that. Again, there's a tremendous magazine that comes out quarterly with tremendous articles to encourage us, to challenge us, to remain faithful unto God and be about the task that he's given to us to do. We're able to be involved in helping various uh, young men go through the Memphis uh, and associated with them for a good number of years and let that one slip out for a while. A Brown Trail School of Preaching and the work that they do and uh, again if you have not read the letter from the Darkowskis, it's in the back on the foyer to please take time and to read that. Just a reminder to us of the young men that we are helping to train to be about the, the business of the master it's a reminder as you read the letter to see the task that lays before these young men for the next two years as they go through the training program at the Brown Trail School of Preaching that has been modified as the effective of this year, of how they've intensified the, the, the curriculum that they will be going through, the preparation that are given to these young men so that they can be proclaimers of the Word of God for many years to come. The writer of the book of Hebrews is written to be a reminder to Christians. It was a reminder to the Christians of the first century of a danger that they faced and the danger that they were beginning to fall into. And that danger has not ceased at the end of the first century. It has continued on into the 21st century as well. Every generation faces it. Every generation has to deal with it the possibility of drifting away from God. Not intending to do such, but the possibility that is there for that to take place. These Christians of the first century have seen some miraculous events take place, been the beneficiaries of some of those events as well, and then they begin to forget what they had and forget the blessing of how great God is and how much he cares for those that are his children, makes provisions for them, but things do not not always work out in the way that we would want them to do. We read in the 12th chapter of that book of Hebrews, starting in verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside... Every weight 
and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Do not be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not chasten? If you, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them. But he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems joyful at the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. It doesn't seem joyful at the moment. Ours is the reminder that through this life there is going to be chastening. There's going to be correction. We live in a world that is destined to destruction. We live in a world that in this destiny of destruction is also bent on trying to take you with them. Remember the Lord. Remember how he, for the joy that was set before him, despising the shame, endured the cross, and now sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's our example. He reminds us again that even though he was the Son of God, is the Son of God, he lived on this earth. And the things that he went through for who he is and for how we ought to have seen him. It is a shame. It is to our disgrace that we've treated him the way we have. And see, that's not limited to the first century. Sad to say. Be nice if it was, but it's not. We as his children 
are constantly warned, do not drift away from God. Do not despise the chastening that, the God, that God gives through his word of a life we should be living and a characteristic that indeed ought to be ours. Drifting is easy. It does not require any effort at all to drift. It can be done without your effort, without your awareness. Spent time on the ocean. It's always nice to get out there and sort of float around a little bit and enjoy the calm and the quiet. Until you wake up and look about and realize you're not where you were and it's a long way back to where you want to be. You can get back to where you were. That's the hope we have, even as a child of God. We can come back to where we were. But it requires much more effort to get back to where you started than it is for you to continue on in his service. To get back to where you started requires a determination that you have to constantly be alert to. Because if you don't, you're going to drift again. And it's going to become harder. So the challenge is there for us to recognize how easy it is. That's why the writer says we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift from them. We have to pay attention to what God has provided for us. And again, it is possible to drift without being aware that we have, unless we take stock of what's going on in our life and where it is that God would have us to be. The undercurrents are not noticed along the way. For those who have flown or have flown airplanes or those who have been on airplanes, have to, to know that you have to constantly take your bearings to know where it is you want to go. And periodically you have to make course corrections because you will not hear or feel the wind or the shift and you will drift off of course. And you have to correct to come back. You have to know your destination. You have to know where it is that you desire to end up. And when you do that, then course corrections are easier to make. And making those course corrections along life is much easier than if all of a sudden we wake up and say, we're not as close to God as we ought to be. Somehow we've lost that fire, that zeal. Somehow we've lost that love, that gratitude, that deep appreciation for indeed what God has done for us and the life that we lived along the way. We can do it individually. We can do it collectively. We're not careful. It's easy to get caught up in the world. It's easy to let the things of the world begin to mold and to shape us. And over a period of time, Satan has his effect in desensitizing the conscience that we have. 
long before my time, when the movie Gone with the Wind first came out, it had one cuss word in it. And there was an uproar over that. So citizens rose up in rebellion over that movie because of that one word. We live in a society that you cannot even watch PG movies. The language is already down to there. The insinuations are already there even in the G movies. They do not make G movies for kids. They may enjoy the movies, but there are adult contents in there. Trying to get to de- you to desensitize to what's out there. Read of the cartoons that were popular years ago that are being reinvented now. And they're changing the characters in there to make them more applicable to the whims of society today. Homosexual characters in cartoons. If we're not careful, we can become desensitized to what it is God wants us to be. We're to be the light that shines in the midst of darkness. We're not to allow the darkness to hide the light. And Satan's job is there, and he is effective in doing that. And ours is to be reminded of the task that has been given to us. You do not drift upstream. You do not go along and get closer and closer to God by not doing anything. It does not work that way. That's why Peter reminds us in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11, to add unto your faith virtue and on goes what we call the Christian graces. And as you read out through in verse 11 and following, if these graces are yours, Peter does not stop there. If these graces are yours and they are what? They are abounding. You will be fruitful for the master. You will bear the fruit that God wants you to bear. But these are to be yours and they are to be abounding. You are to grow in them. And there's no limit to how much you can grow in patience and love and forbearance, encouragement, concern for one another, encouraging each other along the way, making the adjustments along the way. So many times we want people to speed up to be where we are at rather than our slowing down a little bit and letting some people catch up with us because we do not all grow and mature at the same rate. But that comes from that desire of being patient with, as God is patient with us. How long has he been patient with us? How long has he been patient with humanity? And allowing us to reach a point where we can see that vanity of vanity, all of this vanity, says the wisest man of old. And the sad commentary on that is it not that that wisest man of old did not listen to his own advice. That he allowed the world to pull him away from his God. Sin. That's what we read throughout the scriptures, is it not? 
Not everyone starts out is going to finish the race. We see that in human races all the time. All who start is not necessarily going to finish. There are those who think they have completed the race but have not competed according to the rules and have been disqualified. Sometimes it's been years down the road, has it not, when it's been discovered that they had violated the rules in the races that they had won and they were stripped of all of their titles. Is it worth it? It's not worth it. It's not worth it here. And it does not work into eternity. We're not going to fool God by not competing according to the rules. He knows the heart. He knows the mind. He knows our strength and our weaknesses. And he makes provisions for us. Why he gave us the body of Christ, is it not? For us to be able to encourage one another. Again, that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18. God has placed us in the body just as it has pleased him. So that we could help and encourage one another. We all need that. Some of us are, can encourage and there are times when we need to be encouraged. We help one another. Sometimes we slow down to help another. Sometimes we do need to encourage people to pick up the pace. Because they know, we know, and they know that you can do better than what we're doing. But we all fit that category, do we not? We all know that we can do better than what we're doing. Ours is simply to keep striving. Because it is that love and that mercy of God that enables that to take, case, to take place. Peter would close out that second letter that he wrote in chapter 3 and verse 18. He would say, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow. Growth takes place at different times. Some of those who plant vegetables and all that, we're talking about that. There seems to be an early crop and a later crop, depending on when you plant them and how long, or whatever that crop is, or how long it takes to develop and to grow. We want to grow things quickly. And sometimes we forget as we walk out that door periodically at certain times of the year and all those little acorns are down there. Uh, the kids love them and get to play with them. We forget how long it takes that little acorn to become an oak tree. It takes a while. There are some plants that seem to grow overnight, but they're also short-lived. Grew up again in the, near the redwoods Love going up in the redwoods and, and seeing their beauty and beholding the, the height of them, the closeness of them. Read the history of how the redwoods survive. It's an interesting history. We get the exact ratio, but for every foot that tree goes up, it grows roots the same length going out. So when you got a, a tree that's 150, 200 feet high, its root system is the same length. They intertwine. They support each other. They uphold each other. And it takes time. We live in a society that is instant. Very few of us would remember the days of uh, tube TVs and tube radios and how long it took for them to warm up before you could even begin to watch them. We like pushing the button. 
And if that button doesn't come on instantly, we're calling the company and says, something's wrong, I'm getting slower speed. It's taken five seconds for me to get my internet up. And it shouldn't take that long. God is patient with us. We ought to be grateful for that, that he is, that he allows us that time to grow. And if you drift, it's a promise that the longer you drift, the, rapid, the more rapid that drifting takes place. If you're going in a river, drifting down, downstream, that, you will pick up speed going downstream. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself on the rocks. It's dangerous to others along the way if you're drifting. A ship without an oar or without a rudder, if it's drifting out in the ocean, there's a danger to the ships around them. They can ram into them. They can sink them. We need to be careful of the life that we live. We never know the influence that we're having. Those that we look up to, we respect. We need to be mindful that Wherever we are as a child of God, we have individuals who are doing just that. You may be looking up to somebody, respecting them. They're looking up to somebody, respecting them. There's already, always somebody looking up to respect another person. Looking at your life, see what you're doing. How are you handling the situation? Talk to countless people along the way when they've asked, why has this happened to me? What have I done? You ever hear that? You ever gone through that? Why am I suffering this way? Why is it me? And oftentimes I reminded them, what you're going through is not just for you. You need to know that. It's not just for you. How you handle what you're going through is an example for somebody else to watch and to see. And it has encouraged countless people more than you may ever know. If you can do it, then I can do it. If you can go through what you're going through, if you can have the faith that you have, if you can have that cheery outlook on your face, if you're a joy to see every time you walk through those doors, smiley back there. Every time we see her, it's a joy to see her. That smile on her face. Get it on your face. I can't see it from up here. There, I see it coming. There it is. There it is. I'm just simply saying we encourage other people by how we handle what we're going through. It's not just for us. And it's not that we're being punished. It's a fact of life. We see it in the world around us, regardless of one's a child of God or not. Life is not, as we would see it, life is not fair. But life is right when it's in the eyes of God. And I take what I'm handled. And we move on. I was just asked how I'm doing. I said, well, I'm doing fine. Could be better. Could be worse. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't want, do not want to be worse. And if better comes along, I'm happy with that. So it doesn't matter. We're here. We need to enjoy the life. The Hebrew writer is saying, you need to be mindful. Take heed. Lest you drift away from God. Keep your faith strong in the Lord and what he has to do. Do we know how much the Lord has loved us? How deep the Father's love? Will we ever catch a glimpse of that? How deep the Father's love? 
It changes the life. And there's not a one of us that does not need the life changed. Wherever we are spiritually, the life needs to change. We need to draw closer and closer to God. We need to bask in the love that the Father had bestowed and to show others what it's all about. Remind the world that you're chasing the wrong dreams. Whatever you're chasing in the world is not happy, does not bring happiness or satisfaction or long-lasting. Just look, the world shows you that. But being a child of God is a life lived without regret. Being a child of God is a life lived beyond my, comp my comprehension, my ability to understand how deep his love is for me. And for me to understand how deep his love is for you. God in his grace and in his mercy allows us time to make a change. An opportunity is presented as a tradition that we have. But it is an opportunity for a person that we are, regardless of who they are, where they are, in relationship to God, to be able to make a change. So as you look at your life this evening, is it where God wants it to be? Is God able to say, as he told Job, or told Satan about Job, have you considered my servant Job? I just love that. What? What our love the Father has. Have you considered my servant Job does right and hates evil? To be able to tell Satan, you can't touch him. You can harm him, but you can't touch his soul. His soul belongs to me. Where are you tonight? You need to make a change. If we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.